Good morning, I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. Good to have you with us all here today for our Congregation at Prayer, a guide for daily meditation and prayer around God's Word. Very bumpy in the car. Oh, Gus and Eileen. All right. Take it, you're going up north. Um, good to have you, Michael, Grace, Karen. I already mentioned Gus and Eileen. Thanks for checking in. This week, we uh, have been had Pentecost, the feast yesterday, we now will transition into a um, new consideration. We're going to actually work our way through the book of Acts. This is something I've wanted to do in some kind of formal context for a while. So we're going to actually do it here in our congregation of prayer um, through the summer months. I think we've got, let's see here, probably, oh yeah, we've got easily enough lessons to get us um, Probably for the next, well, I don't know. I'm trying to do the math in my head. Probably for the next eight or ten weeks, right, as we work through the book. So, uh, and, and that'll be a blessing to you. You'll see in all the ways that the church actually has um, lived its life. And I tried to introduce that for you yesterday in divine service uh, by extending the Acts 2 reading. Um, it was funny. Uh, no one mentioned that. It seemed that the reading was longer than 21 verses, but... <laughs> um, also because I, I definitely wanted to uh, catch the end of Acts chapter 2 for the context for the preaching. So there you go. All right. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We say our memory verse for this week. We love him because he first loved us. 1 John 4, verse 19. And then our psalm is the second half of Psalm 118. This is a Hallel psalm, a Passover psalm. So we say it together. Glad songs of salvation are in the tents of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord exalts. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. The right hand of the Lord does, I got that right, uh, did I read it wrong? The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. The right hand of the Lord exalts. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. Sorry for that. I shall not die, but I shall live and recount the deeds of the Lord. The Lord has disciplined me severely, but he has not given me over to death. Open to me the gates of righteousness that I may enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous shall enter through it. I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Save us, we pray, O Lord, O Lord, we pray, give us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. The Lord is God, and he has made his light to shine upon us. Bind the festal sacrifice with cords up to the horns of the altar. You are my God, and I will give thanks to you. You are my God, and I will extol you. 
O give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Apologies here, my computer is running a bit slow. Technology. A blessing and a bane. Oh, that was the sermon yesterday too, was it not? (laughs) Yes, it was. Give me one second here. Our first reading today is from 2 Kings chapter 2. And it came to pass when the Lord was taken up, or was about to take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind, that Elijah went from uh, with Elisha from Gilgal. Then Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Bethel. But Elisha said, As the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. Now the sons of the prophets who were at Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? And he said, Yes, I know. Keep silent. Then Elijah said to him, Elisha, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Jericho. But he said, As the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. Now the sons of the prophets who were at Jericho came to Elisha and said to him, Do you know what the Lord will take away? Your ma- or do you know that the Lord will take away your master from you, or excuse me, from over you today? Having problems with words today. All right. So he answered, Yes, I know. Keep silent. Then Elisha said to him, Stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to the Jordan. But he said, As the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. And fifty men of the sons of the prophets went and stood facing them at a distance, while the two of them stood by the Jordan. Now Elijah took his mantle, rolled it up, and struck the water, and it divided this way and that, so that the two of them crossed over on dry ground. And so it was, when they had crossed over, that Elijah said to Elisha, Ask, what may I do for you before I am taken away from you? Elijah said, Please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. So he said, You have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I am taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. Then it happened, as they continued on and talked, that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire and separated the two of them, and Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it, and he cried out, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and his horsemen. So he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes and tore them in two pieces. He also took up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan. Then he took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and he struck the water and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when also he had, when he also had struck the water, it divided this way and that, and Elisha crossed over. Now, when the sons of the prophets who were from Jericho saw him, they said, The spirit of Elijah rests on Elisha. And they came to meet him and bowed to the ground before him. All right, there ends the reading. Uh, so you can see a type or a shadow, actually, of Christ's ascent and his commissioning of his own disciples here in the... the, the um, giving of the mantle to Elisha. This is actually in one of our hymns for 
Uh, we usually sing it at ordination in particular, or anytime we remember the institution of the office of the holy ministry. Um, it's God of the prophets, bless the prophet's son, sons, I should say, is the, um, is the hymn. And it actually talks about, um, or um, Elijah's mantle or Elisha cast is in the hymn there. Um, and uh, so the hymn too is suggesting, I think rightly so, that this is a type or a shadow of Christ um, transferring his authority uh, to his apostles and to his apostolic church. Okay. And our reading for catechesis is, again, the ascension of our Lord, which we studied a couple weeks ago, but we do it again now because it's the first. Uh, we did it from Luke 24, actually. Now we'll do it from Acts chapter 1. The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up, after through, after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during forty days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which, he said, you have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now, when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up. And a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by, by them in white apparel, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey. And when they had entered, they went up into the upper room where they were staying, Peter, James, John, and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon the zealot, and Judas the son of James. And they all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication, with the women, and Mary the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. There ends the reading. Okay, so some catechesis. Um, in the former account I made, O Theophilus, what, uh, what former book is uh, the author referring to? Uh, this is actually to the Gospel of Luke. So I like to call Acts um, Luke, chap or Luke Part 2, the sequel, right? Uh, which, of course, is indicating then that the author of both books, both the Gospel according to Luke and here, the Acts of the Apostles, both written by St. Luke. Uh, what did he write about? Of course, in the former book, which is what he's telling us there, it says, All the things that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day he was taken up into heaven. All right, so began to do both. And I think there's a key word there. What's the importance of that word, began? Yeah, Jesus' work is not completed 
with his ascension into heaven, but it continues after his ascension in the ministry of the apostles, in the Acts of the Apostles, which are recorded here for us. Right? So Jesus' life and ministry um, in the flesh upon the earth is the beginning of his life and ministry in his flesh um, through the church. How did uh, Luke emphasize this later on in Acts 9, uh, which you probably don't know because we haven't studied it yet, uh, but I'll show you. He emphasizes this um, in particular. Remember the beginning of the book, you're, you're dealing with uh, the first days of the apostles and uh, especially their persecution. Acts 9, of course, has the persecution under Saul. All right, so let me get there. Yeah. Um, I'll just jump in here, verse 3 of chapter 9. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Right? So this is a voice from heaven, uh, Christ's voice speaking to Saul and describing his persecution as being a persecution of Jesus. And he said, Who are you, Lord? And then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick kick against the goads. We'll wait till we get to that. <laughs> we'll talk about what that means. All right. Yeah, so um, here, Saul's persecution of the church is persecution of Jesus, right? So you see the same idea then conveyed. The ministry of the apostles is the ministry of Jesus for, the, for his people. All right, to whom and through whom did Jesus give commandments? According to verse 2 here. Yeah, it's to the apostles through through the Holy Spirit, right? We see there. Um, what were these commandments of the Lord? All right, this is not the Ten Commandments. These are the what we might call the holy orders. The holy orders. Um, the commands were to, I think the end of Matthew, preach the gospel, to baptize, to teach, to remit and retain sins. That's John 20. Distribute the Lord's body and blood. Do this in remembrance of me, right? So the holy orders, the institutions that Christ has set up, those commands, right? Um, and this is important to note. I think I did it last week, but uh, it's kind of been in my mind. So I'll repeat it now in that there's a distinction between um, the institutions of Christ and the, oh, it was in the context of uh, our council meeting. That's what it was, or maybe it was elders the week before. Um, but regardless, there's a distinction between the institutions of Christ and the traditions of men. All right? We need to make, make that distinction clear. It's not that tradition is, uh, is bad um, or unhelpful. It actually is quite helpful for discipline and for good order. Right? But it is subject to the institution of Christ. This came up in the context of uh, communion practice. All right? So we have a, 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 not a long-standing practice, a couple hundred year practice of associating uh, the rite of confirmation with the, the uh, receiving of the Lord's body and blood. Um, but that's not according to the Lord's institution. That's according to human tradition. Um, and the question then is, is, is it actually compatible with the Lord's institution? What does he actually command as to um, necessary to receive the Lord's Supper? And there's no age, um, and there's no actual prescribed amount of instruction um, that is attached to it. Instruction is helpful and good. But actually what's attached to the reception of the Lord's Supper um, in faith is examination, confession of faith, um, and absolution. So you examine, do you believe this is Christ's body and blood? Yes, I believe. 
right? And, and in our practice, we also believe that you believe, teach, and confess what we believe, teach, and confess. So it's more than just simply what is the Lord's Supper, but what is your confession of faith, right? Do you believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth? Yes, I believe, et cetera. So you can look at the rite of confirmation to actually see this play out. Um, so that's true. And also then um, that you repent of your sins and you want absolution, which is what you receive in the supper, of course. So um, that's different than confirmation necessarily. In confirmation, we usually call, um, well, it's a full instruction um, start to finish in, in, in our practice here, Old Testament, New Testament, um, and then actually in the catechism specifically. So um, that's all helpful and it's useful um, for good order and for instruction to keep the Lord's institution to teach all things that he has commanded. Um, but those aren't the same um, proprium is the Latin word, the same requirements that are attached to the Lord's Supper. All right. So that's, that's something, a distinction we want to make, I think, is the distinction between the institutions here, the commandments given by God through the Holy Spirit, and then those things that we have added uh, just for the sake of uh, good order and for, I would say, faithful practice, All right, but are unnecessary. Uh, actually, one more thing, the Augsburg Confession gets this um, just right when Melanchthon would have us confess, and the princes did, um, that it is necessary for the unity of the church that we agree on the preaching of the gospel and the administration of the sacraments, right? Both those are the holy orders that Christ has set up. That's what's necessary for church unity, not that all other practices be uniform everywhere at all times. Okay, back to our, our story. Um, Jesus gave, of course, these commandments when, yeah, when he had arisen from the dead. All right, how many days after Easter, did Jesus ascend? Here, 40 days, all right. And what was he preaching about at that time? Verse 3, speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Why did Jesus tell them to wait in Jerusalem? Here it is, to wait for the promise of my Father, right? Which is the gift of the Holy Spirit. You shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So that's explained there quite clearly. Um, what false belief did the disciples still hold to, according to verse 6? Yeah, that Jesus would be some kind of earthly king with an earthly rule. Um, according to verse 8, what progression would preaching of the gospel take? And we see this actually play out. Jesus prophesies it here, but the book of Acts bears witness to it. The first, the gospel would be preached in Jerusalem, and then in Judea, and then Samaria. So you have these concentric circles, right? Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, then to the ends of the earth, right? The four corners, if you prefer. <laughs> uh, what received Jesus out of the disciples' sight? Verse 9, a cloud, all right? Um, now, this isn't without... Um, without premise, no, premise is the wrong word, without Old Testament examples, I don't know what word I was trying to think of, but there are significant Old Testament examples um, of the cloud, right? And we've studied many of those over the last year. So think of like Exodus 14, right? Egyptians pursued um, Israel, all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh, his horsemen and his army, and overtook them camping by the sea beside Pi-Hiroth um, before Baal Zephon. And then later on, the angel of God, who went before the camp of Israel, moved and went behind them 
and the pillar of cloud went from before them and stood behind them, right? So you have the pillar of cloud leading um, the Israelites out of Egypt. Um, Later on in Exodus chapter 20, uh, which is the giving of the law, you have verse 21, or we'll go back to 20. And Moses said to the people, do not fear for God has come to test you and that his fear may be before you so that you may not sin. So the people stood afar off, but Moses drew near the thick darkness where God was, right? So it's translated there as thick darkness, um, but it's the same expression as that pillar of cloud from before. Um, You see it again in Exodus 40, so it's frequently. Here, the cloud covered the tabernacle of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter the tabernacle of meeting because the cloud rested above it. And the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Whenever the cloud was taken up from the tabernacle, the children of Israel would go onward in all their journeys. But if the cloud was not taken up, then they did not journey till the day that it was taken up. For the cloud of the Lord was above the tabernacle by day, and the fire was over it by night, in the sight of all the house of Israel throughout all their journeys. So uh, again, the cloud covered the tabernacle of meeting. This is Exodus 40. And the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter the tabernacle of meeting because the cloud rested above it and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle, right? So we have it there. Um, and then 1 Kings chapter 8, which we just heard, which of course, um, I think we just heard, right? Yeah, that's what we just looked at. Can't type. Um, we're there with, oh no, no, this is later on. This is the uh, temple, right? Yeah, and it came to pass when the priest came out of the holy place that the cloud filled the house of the Lord so that the priest could not continue ministering because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord. Then Solomon spoke. The Lord said he would dwell in a thick, dark cloud. He is, and I have surely built you an exalted house and a place for you to dwell forever. All right. So we have uh, the pillar of cloud that led the Israelites out of Egypt. We have the cloud covering the tabernacle of meeting, the glory of the Lord filling the tabernacle and the cloud or the glory of the Lord filling the temple. So many examples there. Uh, Who appeared while the disciples were gazing up into heaven? Yeah, we have two men in white apparel. Uh, Who might these two men have been? All right, well, we could think of uh, Luke 24, where he had the two men in the tomb, right? Um, Or you could go back to Luke 9. And the Mount of Transfiguration, right? This could be Moses and Elijah bearing witness to the fulfillment of the Old Testament. I wish it would be a beautiful bookend to the Mountain of Transfiguration. Uh, What promise was made there in verse 11? The same Jesus, right, will come again in the way that he left. Uh, Where did the ascension take place? Here it's called Olivet, also known as the Mount of Olives. And what other events had taken place there? Right? Um, back in Luke 19, we see this is where um, the beginning of the triumphal entry is for, um, into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. And then, of course, the Mount of Olives is where the uh, Garden of Gethsemane is and where Jesus was betrayed in Luke 22. All right. Uh, who was present in the upper room while they waited for the Holy Spirit? They're all listed here, the 11 disciples, um, along with uh, the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, right? And his brothers. 
Very good. All right, so some catechy, or excuse me, a meditation on this text. The book of Acts reveals that Christ is still present and at work even after his ascension. Jesus is still doing and teaching today wherever the gospel is preached. The history of the church is really the history of Christ's ongoing work through the Holy Spirit, whom he pours out on the world through the preaching of repentance and the forgiveness of sins. The disciples were still seeking an earthly kingdom, even though Jesus had been teaching them about the kingdom that comes only through the preaching of repentance and the forgiveness of sins. This kingdom is not held together by rules and might, but by the forgiveness of sins that the Father declares for the sake of his Son's work, a declaration he made by raising Jesus from the dead. Jesus ascended to prepare the way for our ascension into heaven after the resurrection from the dead. Two men, possibly Moses and Elijah, appeared to proclaim that Jesus is not to be found in the contemplation of the heavens, but where his word is preached to the nations. All right, very good. Our catechism this week is from the Table of Duties, now the conclusion, to widows and to everyone. First to widows. The widow who is really in need and left all alone puts her hope in God and continues night and day to pray and to ask God for help. But the widow who lives for pleasure is dead even while she lives. 1 Timothy 5, verses 5 through 6. And then to everyone. The commandments are summed up in this one rule, love your neighbor as yourself. Romans 13, verse 9. And I urge that requests, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for everyone. 1 Timothy 2, verse 1. All right, today let's pray for widows. Heavenly Father, comfort all widows who have lost their husbands and are left all alone. Give them strength and courage to put their hope in you and to cry out to you for help night and day. In their loneliness and sorrow, draw them closer to your divine services and deliver them from the temptation to seek fulfillment from the pleasures of life that can, can never truly satisfy. Teach them to believe that they have a sacred calling as widows to live by faith in the greater bridegroom who has laid down his life for his bride and in whom alone are pleasures forevermore. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. On this Monday, we pray for faith to live in the promises of holy baptism, for vocations and daily work, for the unemployed, for the salvation and well-being of our neighbors, for our schools, our homeschools, our colleges and seminaries, and for good government and peace. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Help us, good Lord, by the mystery of your holy incarnation, by your nativity, by your baptism, fasting, and temptation, by your agony and bloody sweat, by your cross and passion, by your precious death and burial, by your glorious resurrection and ascension, and by the coming of the Holy Spirit, the Comforter. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. We pray with Malia, who yesterday celebrated her birthday. We continue to pray with Evan and Megan, who rejoice in the gift of holy matrimony. We pray for those who are ill, receiving treatment, or recovering, especially Tristan, Marcella, Jeremy, Kelsey, Amanda, John, Timothy, and Janice, Sandy, Linda, Ken, and Blair. Our homebound, Bev, David, Roy, Willis, and Janice, and Mickey. And the missions and mercy work of the church, especially Lutherans for Life and Sheboygan County Hispanic Outreach. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. 
Prayer Collect for this week. O God, on this day you once taught the hearts of your faithful people by sending them the light of your Holy Spirit. Grant us in our day, by the same Spirit, to have a right understanding in all things and evermore to rejoice in his holy consolation. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And there are a set of uh, readings and propers for today. Uh, Pentecost used to be celebrated with a bit more uh, vim and vigor than what we do today. Um, Propers for Pentecost Eve, Pentecost Day, Pentecost Monday, Pentecost Tuesday. But unfortunately, that tradition uh, is all but lost to us. But here's the collect collect for uh, this day. O God, who gave your Holy Spirit to the apostles, grant us that same spirit that we may live in faith and abide in peace. For Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Today is also a commemoration. It's for Esther. Esther is the heroine of the biblical book that bears her name. Her Jewish name was Hadassah, which means myrtle. Her beauty, charm, and courage served her well as queen to King Ahuzarius. In that role, she was able to save her people from mass extermination that Haman, the king's chief advisor, had planned. See Esther 2. Esther's efforts to uncover the plot resulted in the hanging of Haman in, on the very same gallows that he had built for Mordecai, her uncle and guardian. Following this, the king named Mordecai minister of state in Haman's place. This story is an example of how God intervenes on behalf of his people to deliver them from evil, as here through Esther, he preserved the Old Testament people through whom the Messiah would come. We pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you would keep me this day from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right, we're going to uh, sing the hymn of the day for next Sunday, Trinity Sunday. Um, it fits well with Pentecost Sunday too. And uh, we're going to sing stanzas one and six today. Uh, maybe later in the week when we have a bit more time, we can sing all the stanzas. Creator, bless and make our hearts.
abides your place of rest. Come with your grace and heavenly aid, and fill the hearts which you have made. Teach us to know the Father's Son, and you from both as three and one, that we your name may have blessed, and in our lives the truth confess. All right, that concludes the congregation prayer for today. Uh, Monday, May 24th, 2021. It's so good to have you with us all here. You can join us each morning at 9 a.m. for congregation prayer all week. Um, you can also go back and watch yesterday's divine service um, or uh, just catch the sermon available as a podcast or as a separate video on the YouTube. Um, it is somewhat ironic that we gather each day digitally, electronically, um, but uh, I think it's a helpful compliment um, to the uh, in-person gathering we have on Sunday morning, right? It's not, it's not, it doesn't take the place of, um, but it does complement, right? Which is, I think, more God-pleasing, right? He wouldn't have us uh, forsake the abandoning or the gathering together as Christians, um, but we do recognize that uh, there is something about, uh, well, just a high degree of convenience um, to gather together in prayer electronically this way, all right? So um, maybe it's not perfect. Uh, still like to gather in person, and uh, maybe someday we can do that in person as well for daily prayer. But for now, this is what we have. All right, so Lord be with you all. Um, keep you safe. Uh, gather with us again tomorrow as we continue our study of the book of Acts. All right, Lord be with you.